Does anyone uh, watch that really inspiring, uplifting, motivating show called Air Crash Investigations? Does anyone? No? I don't know what it is about that show. And I actually fly a fair bit, like, you know. And, uh, and sometimes when I'm sitting at the airport and I'm about to board my flight, I always look at the number because you know how they always start the show with uh, Flight QF73 was on time. And it's like, I want, is, this, is this the flight? Like, am I going to be on this show? You know, sometimes you're wondering about that show. And, uh, but I, I, what I love about that show is I, I love... Um, it's morbid, isn't it, really? But hey, there must be a whole lot of people just like me because it, it's, still, it's still on the air, okay? So please don't judge me on this, okay? Um, but I, I think what really saddens me is when there was nothing quite wrong with the plane, it was just human error. When someone just overlooked something, I mean... Things are going to malfunction from time to time, and you sort of, you know, it's, it's still unfortunate, but uh, it, it always, it's like these planes are worth so much money, forget about that part, so many people on board, and just because somebody made a human error, they just didn't do something quite right, um, all of a sudden this plane crashes, and I always get a little bit sad about that. And, um, but I was, I, was, I was watching this one episode where, where, where basically something had, had, had happened uh, and I want to talk just a little bit about that, and I want, then I want to talk about some other things, but I just want to use this as an illustration. Um, and because of what I sort of saw on this show, I then started to do some research, and, and there, was, there was a fighter pilot, a jet fighter pilot, flying an F-15 uh, in Operation Desert Storm. And uh, he was an American pilot, and uh, he was flying his jet, and they had decided to go uh, um, at a time when the moon uh, wasn't... Uh, causing so much light uh, upon that land so that they could fly their flights and do what they've got to do. Anyway, he actually got locked on uh, with, with a missile locked onto him. And in order to lose it, you've got to do these very violent manoeuvres. And so he was doing all these violent manoeuvres and he, he actually got rid of the, the missile, which was great. But what he discovered was that because of that, and because it was so dark and he couldn't see, out, he couldn't see anything outside of his window, he didn't know whether he was... He just didn't know where he was, basically. And his gut feeling was telling him that he was actually on an incline. So everything within him, and you've got to understand, this isn't just like a little bit of a feeling. This is like he definitely felt that the plane was going up. And you can't go up for too long before you start to lose some, um, you know, uh, speed. And if you keep losing speed, the plane just crashes. So he really felt to bring the plane down. But his instruments were telling him that he was on a 60-degree decline. Now, you've got to understand, in those few seconds, he has to make a decision. Does he trust his feelings or does he trust his instruments? Now, you realize he hasn't got minutes to think about this. He literally had three seconds. He's in, a, he's in an F-15. This thing's going very, very fast. He had three seconds to decide, do I trust my feelings or do I trust my instruments? This isn't a theory. You don't sort of go, oh, I made a mistake. I'll try again next time. What would you have done? Honestly, your gut feeling is saying, pull the thing down because you're going up. But he saw his instruments telling him something, something different. And so he trusted his instruments and he pulled his plane up. And then it wasn't long before he discovered that he had actually made the right decision and he was safe and he was sweating and he was so glad. But, you know, you can't trust 
your feelings sometimes. Do you know sometimes when we are called to live by faith, sometimes our feelings tell us to do something else, even though the instruments of our plane. What is the instruments? The Word of God. You know, sometimes the Word of God is telling us to do something, but our gut feeling is telling us to do something else, isn't it? Sometimes the Bible will say forgive, but our gut feeling says, but I don't want to tell them off. Sometimes the Word of God will say, just trust, but no, I want to do something about it. Or the Word of God will say, be generous, but no, I'll go without. And sometimes we trust our gut feelings and we crash our plane. But this pilot knew within seconds that he had made the right decision by trusting his instruments. That's fantastic, isn't it? Because he was able to know very, very quickly. But how many of you feel sometimes that you feel like you're living a life where you are trusting your instruments? In other words, you're doing everything the Word of God says. You're doing everything that, you, that is being preached off this platform or messages that you're listening to. You feel like you're doing all the right things that the Word of God says in relationships. You feel like you're doing all the right things in your finances. But unlike that pilot who knew in seconds that he was doing the right thing, sometimes in life, it could be years before you start to know, God, where's the fruit? Where's the fruit of what I'm believing for? I believe I'm doing all the right things. I believe I'm saying all the right things. Even though my gut feeling is telling me to do that, I am doing this. But I'm not seeing the fruit. I'm I'm, I'm disciplining my kids like the Bible says to do. I'm, I'm loving them like it says, but I'm not seeing the fruit. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Sometimes I wish I could be just like that jet fighter pilot and uh, jet fighter pilot, and 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 like you, you you make a decision for God, and all of a sudden you see the fruit. Bang! Oh, I'm so glad I did that. Hey, but I don't know about you, but I I seem to live in this place, and I'm sure many of us do, where you just got to continue to live by faith, even though you're not seeing what you're believing for. Amen. And this is, and some of you are going, oh, I like those messages where you just sort of, where the pastor says, just blab and, and, and you can grab. Oh, just believe and you receive. Yeah, I believe all that, but what about this big problem we've got called, and are you ready for it? It's in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12. Every time that I think about faith, I can't help but think about another word that the Bible often links with the word faith. And are you ready for it? Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12. And it says this. It says, We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience. What did they do? Inherit what has been promised. Guys, there's a lot of talk about faith. I don't hear a whole lot of talk about patience. And so what I discover is there's a whole lot of people who believe when you preach about faith because it is the way in which God brings things into your life. By the way, faith does not activate anything. Whether you knew that or not, I'm not sure. But faith simply is able to receive what God has already given. Faith doesn't create healing. Faith just enables healing to come into your life. Faith is like the antenna on your house. Your antenna doesn't create TV programs. It only receives the TV program. And right now in the atmosphere, there is faith. There is healing. There is wisdom. There is success. God has got everything for us out there. It's already out there. 
It's, it's, it's within him. It's Holy Spirit, angels. God has got the whole kingdom right here, ready to go. But the way in which we bring it into our world is through our faith. And when people understand that, they get excited about it. But what they don't realize is as you start believing God and trusting God in what his word says, what about this other word, word called patience? We need to talk a little bit about that because the Bible tells us that through faith and patience, these people inherited the promise. Can everyone say faith? And everyone say patience. See, did you see that? You guys went, faith! And then you all went, patience. And I understand that. I certainly understand that. The Bible says through faith and patience, these people inherited the promise. I don't know about you, but with me, the faith part is easy. For me to wake up in the morning and go, I am going to lose. I'm I'm constantly on a journey of losing weight. Is anyone else with me on that one? I'm just forever trying to lose a couple of more kgs. Just forever. Just since my wife has met me, that's just what I permanently do. And then I eat cakes like you've never seen. Right? But I'm constantly on this. I'm just trying to always. And it's easy for me to wake up and say, I believe I am going to lose 10 kgs before the 1st of December. I am go- that's, that, that's easy to believe. You wake up, I believe that. I receive that. I'm going, this is what I'm going to be doing with my life. And then all of a sudden, you, so what, you've got to do some things to, in order for that to happen, by the way. So that's a revelation to some of you right there. Right? You've got to do some things. You've got to sort of eat a little bit less, eat a little bit healthier, and actually exercise. So you start doing those things, yeah? Is that right? So you start eating a little bit less, eating well, and then you go to the exercise, you know, and you work out, and, and, all, and all of a sudden you look at yourself three weeks later in the mirror and you go, I think I'm getting worse. I'm looking worse than what I was three weeks ago. See, it's easy to have faith, but now you've got to have patience. And a lot of people don't stop that process because they don't have the faith. What stops the process is they don't have the patience. So I want to prosper financially. I I want things to go, okay, so what are the processes? So we go through the processes. But all of a sudden we find that our finances haven't turned around quick enough. So we just go back to our old spending habits. We stopped saving. What, what, what happened? Faith didn't let you down. Patience let you down. Are you seeing this? Faith, let's say a train is trying to get from one side of the bridge to another, over a, over a valley. That train is what you're believing for, amen? So you want that train to get from one side of the bridge to the other. That train needs to run along the tracks called faith. That's how it comes to you. But did you know, without the pillars holding up those tracks between that valley, that train can't get to you. What, what are the pillars holding up faith? Patience. Patience holds up your faith. You can believe, but if you give up after three or four days, then what's the use of even having your faith? It's faith and patience that delivers on the promise. Does anyone agree with me? Come on, let's give the Lord a huge round of applause if you know what I'm talking about here. And so what do we start doing? Because we don't see the fruit come into our life, we, sp- we start to speak negatively. And I'm sure you've heard many, many messages off this platform about the power of your words. The Bible says the power of life and death are in your tongue. And so we start to speak negatively because we haven't seen what we're believing for. We start to behave differently. We start to doubt. We start to lose hope. Why? Not because of faith, but because of patience. So let me give you a definition of what, when I say the word patience of what I'm speaking about. Are you ready for it? You need to listen up here because I don't think it's on the screen. So it's patience is the ability to accept delay or disappointment graciously and continuing to press on. Can you accept delay or disappointment graciously 
and continue. That's patience. I haven't seen it yet, God, but I believe it. God, I'm trusting my instruments. I haven't seen a thing change yet, but I trust you and I believe you. You know, I'm going to break this down in a moment to our own personal lives. But this is just so important. Let me give another definition of patience. Are you ready? Patience is a calm endurance based on the certain knowledge that God is in control. Why can we be patient? God is not shocked by what has or hasn't come into your life. God is not in heaven going, what? They haven't had kids yet. Wow. What? They haven't prospered financially yet. I'm so shocked by that. God's not shocked by anything. Are you hearing this? Your life, my life, are in the hands of God. But he expects us to keep doing the right thing for a long time. And then he brings those things into our world. Amen. Through faith and... Come on, you've got to start to love that word. Come on, you've got to start to... By the end of this message, you're going to love that word. God, bring patience into my life. Because, friends, faith is the easy part. It's easy. I I believe what Pastor Rich is saying. Yeah, I know. But do you still believe it in three weeks? Do you still believe it in a month? You still believe it in three years. Because that's what the Bible is telling us. You know, there's a great story in the Bible that that I I believe illustrates this point for us. Do you remember a guy called Naaman? Anyone heard of a guy called Naaman? Naaman. Naaman was uh, one of the great commanders of, of the Syrian army. And he had leprosy. And he was basically still a great man doing great things, but he had leprosy. Had leprosy. And so he gets told by a young girl, hey, listen, you know, you don't have to live like that. You can go to a prophet and, uh, and, and, and he will heal you. And he goes, really? Yes, it's, come on, let's do it. I mean, that's like someone saying to you one day, hey, you know, you don't have to live like that. You know, Jesus can heal you. That's the equivalent of that. It's like someone preaching the gospel to us for the first time. You remember when you first heard about the gospel? So he goes all the way over to go see this prophet, Elisha, I believe. I believe it's Elisha. Do you know what's really confusing? You know, Elisha, Elijah, you know, that whole thing. Like, really, really, out of all, God couldn't just come up with Elisha and Sam or Elisha and Bill. Like, really, we had to have Elisha and Elijah that every preacher for the rest of eternity is confused between which preacher it was. Uh, Seriously, is it just me? Was it Elijah that did that? Anyway, sidetrack. That's just my little frustration there for you. Okay, I'll talk to God about that one day. All the names in the universe, we have to have two people with very similar names. Anyway, and very similar spirit. Yeah. That doesn't help either. Okay. So he goes to the prophet. And let's pick up the story. 2 Kings chapter 5 verse 11. But Naaman became angry and stalked away. Why? Why? Because the prophet, the prophet wouldn't even come out and pray for the guy. He didn't even come out and pray for him. He just sent his messenger to say, go and tell him to go dip himself in the Jordan River Seven times. How many times? Seven times. And so Naaman became angry and he stalked away. Why? Because this is what he thought. He says, I thought he would certainly come out and meet me, he said. I expected him to wave his hands all over the leprosy and call on the name of the Lord, his God, and heal me. So he was expecting one of those moments where the prophet comes out and goes, That's what he, but it didn't happen. He says, he says, aren't the rivers of the Damascus and the Abana and the Farpar better than the rivers of Israel? See, he was using his reasoning. Because, yeah, right. you know, the gospel doesn't make sense, but you've got to just do what Jesus told us to do. Yeah. Right? He was trying to use his... I don't, why would I wash in a dirty river? The rivers of where I come from are better than this. So he was trying to use his reasoning. 
Why shouldn't I wash in them and be healed, he says. So Naaman turned and he went away in a rage. But listen to this. He had some good friends around him. But his officers tried to reason with him and they said, Sir, if the prophet had have told you to do something very difficult, wouldn't you have done it? So you should certainly obey him when he says, Simply go and wash and be cured. So Naaman went down to the Jordan River and dipped himself seven times as the man of God had instructed him. Now let's just stop right there. Some of you know how the story ends and it's great. But I want, we need to pause for a moment. Because sometimes we can just read the Bible and we just read it like it's just a story. And This was a real story. This really happened. So this guy had leprosy. He's in the Jordan River. This doesn't make sense to him. In other words, he's not going with his feelings. He's going with his instruments. Right? So he gets down. He's got leprosy. He gets down and, and he braces himself and he goes, okay, the, 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 the prophet told me to do this how many times? So he goes into the water and he comes back out and he goes, wow, man, I am believing by faith that God's going to help. Isn't that what he was believing for? And so he would have then looked at his arm and fingers and thought to himself, nothing has changed. Nothing. Nothing's changed. So he would have gone down again, come out of the water and looked at himself again and thought, hang on, this is the second time now. I'm believing by faith, but I've done this twice now. I mean, you'd think that God would start to at least heal my pinky. You know, whereas just give me a little bit of fruit, God. Just give me a little bit of something. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Second time. Third time comes out of the water. How am I looking, guys? And they would have gone. Now, what, should we lie to him and tell him that his nose is half put back on now? Or what, what, what are we? Uh, on, one more time. So, fourth time. Nothing. Nothing. But he was doing the right thing. Doing the right thing. Doing the right thing. And sometimes we are doing the right thing and you're seeing nothing. Fifth time. Sixth time, he comes up on the seventh, and on the seventh, he looks at his skin and he is completely healed. Completely. Bang. One moment. Done. Now, I don't know about you, but if that had been me, I reckon I would have given up on maybe the sixth. I would have said, you know what? This is not working. Get me out of here. Give me my towel. And I just would have got out of the water and gone home back to Syria, not healed. And that's what some people do. I want to suggest to you that some of the things that you are believing for, that you're believing for, and you know, you may be in your third dip. And you're thinking, this doesn't work. And you're going to get out of the water. You're about to get out of the water and go, this doesn't work. I'm going to just do it the way my feelings want to do it. And God would say, don't do that. Some of you are on your fifth dip. And guess what? Some of you are on your 6.8 dip. You are just about there and you're about to inherit a promise. How? Through your faith and through your patience. You're about to, it's, it's about to happen for you. Things are about to happen at your school. Things are about to happen in, in your workplace. Your business is just about to turn around and you're in the water and you're going, but nothing, I've been praying for ages, nothing's changed. But God did this overnight. One moment. Joseph, one minute is in the prison. The next night he's sleeping in a palace. That's how quick God moves when he decides to move. 
And some of you, I don't know, you, maybe you know it deep down inside. Maybe you're only on your first dip. Sorry about that. <laughs> but some of you may be on 6.83. You are just about there. And we need to be comfortable with the idea that just because you're believing for something and it's not happening, just because you're not seeing the right things, it doesn't mean you're doing the wrong things. Did you hear that? And that, that mentality of, oh, things aren't changing with your children. Ooh, I don't know whether you're believing by faith or not. Ooh, that's dangerous teaching. No, no, no. You are doing the right thing. But you just need a whole lot more faith and patience. Amen. Amen. Give someone a high five and say, I'm hearing this word patience. I'm hearing this word patience. Naaman would have, would have felt very silly doing what he was doing. You know, there are some young ladies, some young guys, they've recently been saved. And, and at our church, we would tell them to stay morally pure. We would tell them that if they're in a relationship and they're not married, that you should keep your body to yourself because it's a holy temple of God. And it doesn't, it's just not the way God wants it to work. And if you want God to be involved, we teach them this stuff. And so they, so they don't go with their feelings because everything within them says, if I want to keep the guy, I've got to do some things or, or vice versa. Or if you're running a business, some people think if you don't do cash deals and, and always doing shady deals that God can, can't somehow work. And so people in our church are living over here. But sometimes... They, they are not seeing the fruit of their right decisions. You know, they're losing jobs sometimes because they went with the other guy who did do a shady deal. And it seems like that person's prospering. But, you know, even if they are, that's not the goal. The goal is to live a life that God says, you're awesome. You're awesome. You're awesome. And we just need to live this life and be really, really comfortable. Naaman took his seventh dip and the Bible says he came up out of the water and he was completely healed. What about the ten lepers that Jesus healed? Do you remember the ten lepers? Jesus said, listen, you've all got leprosy. I want you all to walk toward the priests and go and show yourself to them. Do you know the Bible doesn't tell us when they were healed? Do you know they may have been healed as soon as they walked into the doorstep of the temple? Do you know... If I know God in any way, I reckon what would have happened is they wouldn't have all been healed at the same time. God loves to do stuff like that. Just to really get your character going. Because I tell you what, one, one of those ten would have taken one step and would have gone, I'm healed. And the other nine would have gone, but we're not. Because, you know, God doesn't play the fair game. He just does whatever he wants, whenever he wants. And for some of you, you've been waiting for the right partner to come into your life for ages. And someone just walks into the door last week and they've already got a partner. God, God, what are you doing? You've been working at something for so long. Someone just starts doing it. God seems to bless them. And you're still waiting for the promise. If I know God, those, nine would have, those ten would have been walking along. And at different stages, they all would have been healed. Because the Bible tells us they were all healed. Now, we know the sad part about that story, don't we? Only one came back to say thank you. Amen. So if you're going to be the one, make sure you're that one. Do you know through faith and patience, what if those other nine or seven or six or whatever, what if they had said, you know what, I haven't been healed yet. I'm going to give up on this. Friends, don't give up. Faith and patience. God is with you. But I'm not seeing the fruit. He's with you. But I'm not seeing the things that, that, that are promised. Hey, listen, the Bible says through faith and patience it came. Yeah. Do you know what patience means? 
there's going to be a delay. Sorry. Sorry about that. Can I, t- can I be brutally honest with you? Brutally? Is that okay? Are you, can you cope? So I, part, I, I plant a church with my wife and I, 17 people, the church grows and grows and grows. 17 people, still growing. We're, we're, God is doing great things in our church. 12 years later, we have never been in a permanent facility to this day. This guy pastors a church for how long? A year? Two? I'll give you five. <laughs> Two years and God comes through. Wow. You don't, let it get, you don't let it get into your heart. You actually rejoice with those who are rejoicing. Right? You rejoice. You actually get happy. But you know what? Twelve years. Twelve years we've been going at this. Some people, oh, I don't think Lifehouse will ever get a building. I don't think they'll ever do this. I don't think... But twelve years later, last Tuesday, Lifehouse bought its own building. 12 years later, 12, 12 long, hard years. Now listen to this though. I've always believed that we should buy a building. But I ran out of patience a few months. Um, yeah, maybe a few months ago, I ran out of patience. I said, church, we're not going to buy. We're just going to lease because we could afford to lease. And so I actually said to the whole church, and my church, they, they, they're just so good. They're just like, whatever, pastor. If that's what you want to do, you do it. But I felt like, really what, what was really going on was I just ran out of patience that's, that's all it was if I was brutally honest and I was very honest with our church I said guys I was preaching this message and I just said guys I ran out of patience so my faith took a hit and so I backed off from what God had called us to do and I was about to lease a building I was, just, I was, I was hours away from signing and I thought I just can't do this this is so dishonouring I don't believe this is what God has called me to do are you hearing this? There's nothing wrong with leasing, but that's not what God had called us to do. Because I had gone to do it multiple times and it just never worked out for us. But I was about to do it because our land just wouldn't sell. We had a block of land and it wouldn't sell. Anyway, the minute I just said, no, God, I'm not going to do this. I reject that. I'm, I'm going to step away from All of a sudden, the land sells, bang, we had a building all within a two-week process. Because, you know, I think what, what happened was I was at 68 and I basically was starting to walk toward the shore. Are you hearing this? And it was like angels said to me, get back in that water, will you? So I got back into the water and felt like a silly person. And I'm like, I'll keep believing God. And we took one more dip and God came through. Twelve years later. Fifteen moves later. Hard work, guys. But you know, it's never stopped the church growing. So he's being faithful in the things that matter. Amen. God, God's coming through. It's okay. He's coming through for you. But he needs you to stay in faith. Do you know, if faith, if faith is the car, if that's the vehicle that gets us the things into our life, then patience is the petrol. Isn't that right? If faith is the car, then patience is the petrol. It's the fuel. Now, I don't know about you, but I think we all live in the same world. Every time I fill up my car with fuel, does it run out? Yes? And you know, your patience runs out. You know, we even use that term, I just ran out of patience. And what you're saying is, I'm believing for something, 
but I just don't know whether I can just hold on any longer. You know what I believe God wants to do today? He wants to breathe patience back into you. We all need to come to the petrol bowser of faith today and say, Holy Spirit, I need more. I need more, I need more patience for my children. I need more patience for my health. I need more patience for where I'm at. Because my faith just needs to be upheld by patience. Amen. Is, there, is, is anybody with me? Amen. Do we all live in the same world? Are there some things that you're believing for? That if you were very, very honest, you'd say, I, I'm actually, I'm not, I'm not dealing with delay and disappointment graciously. I'm not. I'm speaking negatively. Do you remember when Joshua was walking around the walls of Jericho? Do you remember this? Do you remember what he said to them? They had to walk around it seven times. Do you, do you know what they had to do for six of those times? They had to keep their mouth shut. <laughs> You know why? Because there would have been some bricklayers amongst that six million people. And some of them would have been walking around that wall going, guys, I'm a bricklayer and I'm telling you that wall's not coming down. I've checked the foundations. I'm a certified surveyor. And I'm telling you now, these walls are not coming down. And someone, really? You would know. And all of a sudden, gossip would have started and doubt would have started. So Joshua said, if anyone opens up their mouth, you're going to die. That's what he actually said to them. If you open up your mouth, you know what? I wish sometimes we had some Joshua's in our lives that said, stop speaking like that. Don't, 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 don't speak like that. God's about to come through for you. Don't, don't, don't. We need some Joshua's in our life to say, stop speaking. God's going to bring it. You guys, you, you know the rest of the story. Come on. But they, you know, that wasn't a small village, town, city that they had to walk around. This was massive and they had to walk around it six times. But on the seventh, do you know the Bible does not tell us that cracks started to appear on the fifth? It doesn't tell us that. It doesn't say they heard a rumbling at the, at the sixth. It was absolutely standing upright. On the seventh, they shouted, it came, came, down, came down at the right time. Amen. Some of your friends are about to give their life and they are at the 6.49 and you're about to give up on them. Oh, they don't want to hear it anymore. No, no, just one more, one more invitation for some of them. One more. But I've invited them to church eight times. Yeah, I know, one more. Just one more time. And after you've done that, one more. And then after you've done that, just, could you do it one more time? Just one more time. There's a girl that got saved in our church recently. She loves it. She's now got a younger sister and her mum. And she said to me, I don't know why I didn't come earlier. I said, how many times were you asked? She goes, in all honesty, about 30 times. I said, third, she goes, honestly, about 30 times. But I just thought it was like that boring, hard seat, incense stuff. I didn't realize it was like this. She goes, and when, she goes now you can't keep me away. She reckons she was asked more than 30 times. I'm glad those young people didn't give up on her. Amen. Things are going to turn around. Your finances, your health, your family, people in your world, relationships. Ladies, he can change. I promise you, he can change. Just give him one more go. Just help him. Just pray for him a little bit more. Guys, she'll get the revelation eventually, I promise you, that, it, that it's important to you. You know what I'm talking about. I'm keeping a PG. Is that all right? I'm keeping a PG. That was PG. Uh-huh. It's going to happen. Just keep in faith. How? Be patient. It's not a, it's not a sexy topic, 
if you had a seminar called How to Be More Patient, I don't think the room would be filled. But it's a reality. Anyone ready to refuel? Anyone ready to say, God, I'm ready to go again? Anyone ready for that? Why don't you all be upstanding with me? Come on. Do you know what we're going to do, guys, this morning? I don't know whether you guys have got a culture of this, Pastor Ben, if we get people to just come and maybe some leaders can just get behind some people. And all we are praying for is God, give them the patience they need to receive by faith what they are believing for. It's a very simple prayer. We all need a bit more patience. Come on, let's be honest. Yeah, amen. Some of us more than others, though. Some of us are about to give up on something, and this is God's word for you today. Don't give up. This is God's word today. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. 6.3, 7th is coming. Amen. Okay. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. This is reality. So come on, we're going to worship. I want you to come forward. Hands raised. This is all about between you and... We can't give you patience, by the way. It's a gift of the Holy Spirit. It's a fruit of the Spirit. Why don't you come? Why don't you come? It's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's a fruit of the Holy Spirit.